a stage thing. There's a fucking fly. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. Oh, you're recording. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. There's a there's a fly that has been in this room all day while I've been working from home and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get yourself some fly paper. Make some arsenic, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> a fly murderer. Um, well. Uh, I, I did not know that that's what was on flypaper until I heard that. I did not know that until just now. Oh, really? Okay, because I, I thought you had heard that on that podcast too. Um, so um, I'm Bay. I'm Jay. <laughs> and this, this is, is the part, part I don't get. Let's be professional. <laughs> Nothing in my professional. 42. Two? 42? Well, you had on the name of <laughs> Okay. Let's pretend it's 42, and if it's not, we'll figure it out later. But, um, so I finally taught my mother how to listen to podcasts the other day. It was a very exciting moment because she knows that we do this and she doesn't know how to listen. So we'll see if she's able to do it on her own. But I showed her, like, how to do it. And then, like, my father was sitting there, and he was like, what's a podcast? And oh, no. we had the whole discussion about what a podcast is and, like, how to listen to stuff. And my husband was like, well, he was like, part I don't get. What's that mean? Like, what, like, what are you <laughs> talk about? <laughs> and then my husband was like, well, you know, they, they talk about things that they don't get. And my dad like just burst into laughter because he was like, that's, you know, essentially we're ridiculous. But he was like, <laughs> thanks for your support. I know. <laughs> he was like, you should do the epizootic, epizootic. And like, that's all he could say. And then he's like, and then once you do the epizootic, you should do the pumpkin zoozle. So like, <laughs> it's. It's interesting because, like, talking to my dad, you have to, like, it's almost like a constant walking, talking, like, brain teaser, like, trying to understand what he's actually trying to communicate. So, like, my, I was like, my mom's sitting there, I'm like, what the fuck is epizootic and why should that be a topic? And he was just, like, making up random things that his mother used to say. Essentially, it's like a <laughs> disease. <laughs> And apparently it's like a fever that would like affect, especially like horses and stuff. And I don't know. And like, I don't know how that always has a topic topic. idea. (laughs) They always say like, even if they think it's the stupidest thing, they're like, but you should do this. (laughs) See, everyone has something that they don't get. So, (laughs) (laughs) but see, that's something he totally gets. It's a fever. It's a horse fever. Well, he doesn't probably totally get it. But he thinks other people don't get it. That's what my grandmother used to say. She would say she would say that it's a general malaise of the spirit when you have epizootic, but like God, it's, it's, it's a disease that temporarily um, widespread in an animal population. So, like an outbreak outbreak of epizootic. It sounds like a type of exercise. Like you want to go to epizootic class? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what pumpkin zoozle is. Um, I don't even is think that, I, is that where like they shoot pumpkins or um the I don't know that thing they do in Delaware. I'm I'm sure our Delaware friends will correct us, but I don't even know how to spell pumpkin. You don't know how to spell pumpkin? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> Good Lord, it took me a second. It took me a second. Pumpkin zoozle. Yeah, I can't even find that out. I hope that that's not like a derogatory thing, but I don't know. Well. 
good luck trying to find that so, and somebody else can answer that question um but there yeah was that was the internet about it no, I, I tried. I've tried to find. I know, but see, I, I don't know. It's just not a topic. It's literally a definition. And if, that was our podcast reading Webster's Dictionary. That would be one heck of a hit. Pumpkin Zazzle? <laughs> what is Pumpkin Zazzle? I don't know. Oh, never mind. It just, that's just what it corrected me, but it, it's just pumpkin invitations <laughs> on a site I mean, called Zazzle. But the, the fall is coming and I'm loving it. I walked past somebody's um, house the other day, full on decorated for Halloween already. You like, need to calm down complete, with fall. Complete calm decorations, down. not like a jack-o'-lantern. Like the whole thing was done. And well, I'm like, dude, it's like second week of September. Let's chill. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much not having Halloween this year. So. <laughs> I know, right? Well, maybe that's, they just really needed something to uplift their spirit. Yeah, I mean, people are putting Christmas lights up, so I guess it's kind of the same thing. They're like, yeah, but that was to uplift our spirits for sure. We yeah. did it until like half of our strand went out. <laughs> and then like, I noticed that it wasn't there and I asked my husband, I was like, what happened to the Christmas lights? He's like, I took this down weeks ago. Really I'm good. like, oh, I guess I haven't seen the sun. So I haven't seen. Haven't been out of the house. <laughs> I have no clue whose turn it is. I think it's my turn. It's my turn. You sound really excited about it. So let's go ahead. Okay. You can do it. <laughs> you All can right. pick a better topic than. We'll get right episode. into it. Um. <laughs> so my topic um is a group of people that call themselves lunars. Do you have any idea? I know, I, I know exactly what that is. Oh. oh no. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Unless it's something else. Because it could, who knows, this could be a term for multiple types of afflictions. Um, so they are people basically with balloon fetishes. All right. Right on the nose. Right on the nose. I right thank my nose. fiance for giving me the, the <laughs> idea. He like, he loves Reddit. And then he just showed me this post. I think it was... I think it was from Reddit and it was like, there's a group of people called Lunars and it showed this guy on National Geographic that was like having like a makeout session with a balloon. Oh. <laughs> so that was interesting. I'm and, pretty um, sure I saw it on like my crazy addiction or something. Yeah, it was on, it was also on strange sex apparently. I had just, I had never heard the term lunar before because it's kind of sad because it sounds close to loner and looks like loner. I think of the moon and I think of like, like Looney Tune, like someone who's like, you know, Looney. few elevators short to the top, you know, <laughs> or a few floors. Short. Yeah. I don't even know what that phrase is. <laughs> yes. Uh, not all Their the elevator doesn't it. go all the way to the top. That's what I was talking about. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I knew what you meant. <laughs> go ahead. Um, but yeah, so it's that name they gave themselves um we don't really know how far back this looning you know population love of balloons goes to but apparently balloons were invented in like the early 1800s which i was like wow, really long wow, i wonder what they were made of because like, uh, they were actually made so that's one interesting fact they're made of latex apparently um they are now or were oh shit you know i don't know <laughs> it's okay sorry <laughs> actually i think they are now oh no i'm sorry i'm confusing my facts so um apparently pacifiers used to be made of latex so 
they were like making like a kind of a like a connection like it was some sort of like oral fixation or something why people like balloons but um so there's two types subtypes i guess there's the poppers and the non-poppers oh yeah kind of self-explanatory <laughs> it's very controversial oh wow in okay. in the lunar world because okay. some people the poppers they get sexual pleasure from obviously blowing up the balloon until it pops or sitting on the balloon so b2p is blowing it up until it pops or s2p sitting <laughs> up until it pops okay um and then the non-poppers are very adamant about not popping the balloons because they um are they they like are very offended by the idea of a balloon popping they think it's hurting the balloon basically oh like it has feelings okay yeah pretty much um so it's so it can vary it's not necessarily a sexual thing i mean in, for the most part all the research i found uh focused on the sexual nature of it but there are people that just kind of you know just really 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 like balloons or find them like um like kind of pacifying i guess <laughs> pacifier um okay so there's balloon porn where basically women either naked or dressed will do sexual things to the balloon or simply play with them and this was interesting lindsay lohan declined an offer for fifty thousand dollars to pop a few balloons for a fetish website really part of me is like good for her she's got a little dignity left in her <laughs> What was the show that she was in recently about oh, that? God, that I actually watched. Um, well, yeah, but that place like failed, I think. It didn't even stay oh, open. Oh, really? It was like yeah. in Greece somewhere. Yeah. Lindsay's, I don't know. Getaway or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so why do people like balloons? Some of them like the smell. Like I said, the thing about the latex, they like um, the texture. People have different preferences of color and like if it's the pattern on it or if it's see-through oh, okay um, different brands and some of them can even tell the difference between blue I'm brands. sure they can yeah um and like i said some people find it more like nostalgic which you know yep. makes sense um and like i said there was a a gentleman named chris bernie on the TLC show Strange Sex and he so he claims he doesn't have a sexual relationship with the balloons but the man was doing everything but having sex with the balloon on the show <laughs> um <laughs> I really hope your mom didn't choose this episode to listen to <laughs> I tried to show her how to scroll all the way down to the first one yeah <laughs> like, don't 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 start here yeah you know, that's essentially what I Rush, said we, we yeah we should have like a I guess an, an E next to this one. <laughs> I think we have an E next to every single one. Oh, good. That's probably for the best. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he was like, there was, it, it, he was like kind of caressing the balloon and putting it under his shirt and like very just like, it, almost like it was a pet basically. Okay. And then he was at a store and they're blowing one up and of course they popped it. And then he was like, he took the pieces. He's like, okay they didn't mean to do that oh my goodness oh. yeah so i mean i think he's on the um on the more extreme side um, okay. but actually according to one 
man who's a sexologist, apparently well-known at Harvard, his name is Paul Gebhard. He, he says basically most fetishes have like four uh, like severities. So he ranges it from like one to four and talks about it in terms of balloons. And he says like at, at you know, in the first like level, it would be, you know, you slightly prefer a specific stimuli as they call it in this case, like <laughs> you're like, okay, I could, I could see my, you know, I could use a balloon or whatever. And then the second um, level is you would prefer an object like a balloon, but you don't require it um, like in a sexual activity. And then the third level is you need a balloon to perform sexually. And then the fourth, uh, which is like the, the worst severity is you replace a human partner with a balloon and you equate a busted balloon with a murder. So oh. that's kind of like, kind of sounds like that guy, but he, he pl claims it was just platonic with the balloons. <laughs> um, so boys are more likely to uh, have a fetish or develop a fetish than uh, girls. Okay. Um, they say the reason is because boys experience a more what they called obvious sexual arousal during adolescence and therefore more easily pair it with a certain stimuli. Um, they gave an example of like getting an erection when they see a teacher in high heels and then they like just like the high heels become like the thing that they associate it with. Okay. Okay. Pretty generic, but okay. Yeah. Not not super deep. Yeah. Um, they and they also said that like we're more likely to remember positive experiences than negative. And of course, if you're having an orgasm, it's very positive. So any objects associated with it can be associated with pleasure and kind of stick with you. But obviously that doesn't happen for everyone. Um, They're also saying that like a lot of a lot of lunars started off with like a fear of balloons or a fear of like the sound of them popping and then Maybe it was like the the fear was more of like I have these bad thoughts and I'm gonna like stay away from them and I don't understand these thoughts. But it was really like actually they enjoyed it. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I I hate a balloon popping like that's that's scary. Really? <laughs> well, I mean like you know those games they had when um like at the boardwalk. Yeah, you, where you like pump the thing up. Yeah, where you blow it up. So it, yeah, that like the anticipation i hate that but a lot of the lunars say that that's what they love and like kind of get them going <laughs> okay yeah i mean to me it's kind of sounds like a gunshot like when you when it you is very it. loud yeah yeah so maybe it's like the it gets their adrenaline going um let's see experts believe that fetishes usually begin in childhood there's a lot of debate on the actual age that ranges from anywhere to two, from two to 10. Um, they have, uh, sometimes they throw in-person balloon parties, with, wow. including trivia. Uh, they have inflating balloon. competitions. <laughs> and round tables. <laughs> um, oh, and then there's also a subset of lunars called bubblegum lunars, where it's basically blowing bubbles with bubblegum. <laughs> oh, okay. Cause it looks kind of like a balloon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So obviously with that, there's not really the, I mean, it's going to pop any, no matter what. So they don't really have the 
poppers and non-poppers but yeah that's true yeah so let's see um apparently the online community for ballooners or for lunars has been around since about the 90s and it started with a a group called balloon buddies and they have like right now there's only like 1200 members so it's not huge but um they actually started as a pen pal group in the 1970s so at least has been around since then wow can you imagine 1970 <laughs> you have a thing for balloons you're like wow how did you, you had, meet other people that's without what i'm wondering did, you, did they put an ad somebody had to just be really brave and just, yeah or maybe they like they were at some sort of fair and they looked over and they're like a lot of stuff crazy. was illegal a lot of things were like illegal um, oh you mean like kinks and stuff like that yeah Yeah. and like selling that type of stuff and taking pictures of things like that i'm pretty sure it was illegal i watched like this autobi well this biographical biopic i guess is what you would call it about betty page and it talked about that but obviously there weren't any balloons involved (laughs) um but i i thought one of the best um the way one lunar described it is, you know, it's not like we need to have it necessarily for most people. He said, it's like pizza. Like it's great to have on a Saturday night, like to add a little extra fun, but it's not like, you know, their world is going to, you know, explode without it. Or mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like overall, I think most people are probably, you know, probably in a one or two range for, in terms of level of intensity. But of course they always find the one really weird person and put them on the yeah shows. But I think, I mean, they really, and there really wasn't much about it. There's like, I think it only went to like one page on the, on Google. <laughs> I, I thought for sure I would find more, but you know, I think they, they do have like, obviously, like I said, websites where they, yeah, just, where they can connect. Uh, yeah. And of course a lot of, pornography (laughs) (laughs) luckily i didn't run into any of that but okay i did did get some ads for some sex toys and i was like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh goodness gracious so that that was actually it that was a lot shorter than i expected i thought it was gonna be more i know i i'm just i'm disappointed but um yeah, if you have any more information you'd like to share. I just remember that there, whatever show I was watching, it was about addictions and stuff, and it, there was a larger gentleman. Who, yeah, I who, think it was that guy. Who was a lunar. And it was interesting because, like, it was just, like, his search for finding a companion or a group or whatever. Because, you know, everybody's got somebody, you know. <laughs> and it's interesting how, like, things like that kind of, like, like bleed into the mainstream with shows like that you know and like you would never a lot of us a lot of us would never know that people like had addictions or interests or yeah whatever you know these specific niches are and uh well the internet is like really yeah, normal the, normalized it. the catalyst for sure yeah it made them feel so they're not alone and Which i think is good yeah I'm all about, uh, you know, letting your freak flag fly as long as you're a consenting adult and you are not hurting anyone or any animal. Yeah. 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 And they were saying this is way better than, you know, some of the ones that are like the sadomasochism and, yeah. and stuff like that. And you do you behind those closed doors. 
Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, did you see the one with the, um, the one, the, the guy that liked the inflatable, um, like toys for the, the pool toys. They were like, it was like, inflatable no, whale I did not stuff see like that. that. <laughs> I wonder if it's something, if he, if he would be a lunar too, or kind of. That so, seems like it would be in the same realm. Yeah. Although at least I, I guess I get the, the pool toy more just because it, it looks like something, you know, balloon is yeah. like, it's hard, it's harder to personify. I guess. Have I'm you not. seen those giant like flex balloons where like people can get inside of them? No, but it did say that the one guy on the TLC special was able to get in one. And I was like, cause it said he was almost 400 pounds. I'm like, how yes, in the world? He was a much larger gentleman. That is true. Yeah. But, um, they that actually have- sounds kind of fun. <laughs> Well, it like scrolled up on my like Facebook feed, like this ad. And then like, I think someone screenshotted it and was like, oh my gosh, because they advertise them to children or I guess like younger people. And it's like almost kind of like the balloon version of those giant inflatable sumo wrestling suits. And like, I guess somehow you get inside of it and it, you, you would have some sort of an air pump. I'm assuming you're not doing that with your mouth because that would be, that would take forever. And then you, it's like this huge thing around you. And then like all the only thing that's really sticking out is kind of like your neck. And I'm like, <laughs> that is just seems like the most dangerous thing I've ever seen in my life. And there are claustrophobia going, waiting to happen right there. I know, but they're like, how do you get out? I mean, I guess you could do it up to your waist. Well, I guess you deflate and then it just comes off, right? Yeah, could you imagine if it was up to your neck and then you're just like smacking your body up against things trying to pop it? Hey, you know, those probably are, are doing well because if, if you can get it six feet wide, then you're social distancing. Really well. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> walking Don't the come near area. me. No one can physically come near me now. Um, you just can't fit through a door. That's I just like the, the idea to, to like put a kid in or like, here you go, Timmy, give it a try. You yeah, know, like, hopefully you don't suffocate. So yeah. They, we tell kids not to put their head in a bag, but we're like, here, here's a giant balloon. <laughs> <laughs> it might just go up to your waist and then you can kind of bounce around. But for some reason in my mind, I imagine it up to your neck and then you look kind of like the blueberry girl and like Charlie and the chocolate factory. And you're just kind of like bumping around. I'll have to find a picture of it and post it on. I know. Right. Oh, let's see. Giant balloons to get inside. <laughs> Could you this imagine looks Google, like a, the Google? Oh my God. It does go up to your neck. What does it go hell? up to your neck? So I was, I yeah, was inflatable, funny, giant human balloons. Although it kind of looks like a, what's the brand name? wooden wells okay we're getting no money for this so getting inside a giant balloon oh there's youtube videos i'm sure there are many oh there's a girl like many going on water oh my god are you trying to die walking on water six foot 72 inch latex climb in balloon so okay so climb in balloon okay and now we know it's latex well, mine, I think, will also be kind of a little bit on the shorter side, too. Um, okay. Mine is also kind of about a toy. I mean, balloons aren't really toys, but I don't know. They're kind of in that same yeah, realm. Fun. So I saw this video on Netflix, which you can watch, and it's called Speed Cubers. Oh, I, and- <laughs> I, I saw that, a preview for that. 
And I wanted to watch it and I was like really out of ideas of what to do. And I was like, this is going to be my topic unless it's really terrible. And it's actually very short. It was more almost like an episode of something. It was like 45 minutes. It was definitely under an hour, maybe like 47 minutes long. And it was really cute. It was really sweet. And um, one thing that I've never been able to understand is how to solve a damn Rubik's cube. Um, I've always wanted to be able to, and I'm sure if I really wanted to try, I could like, you know, look it up on YouTube or buy a book or something. And I had a Rubik's cube, um, that for a really long time, but then I ended up giving it away, um, to a student a long time ago because his broke. Um, and I remember distinctly asking my mom for a Rubik's cube for like Christmas or something a long time ago. And I just had it. And I remember like, I never undid it because I was like, once you undo it, (laughs) there's no going back. back. So I just like really, I always wanted to, but just, I always thought like maybe one day when I'm able to really sit down and enjoy this, I can really do this. Cause when I was little, we had a Rubik's cube in the house and I remember I would peel off the stickers and then switch them. Oh my God. Solve it. (laughs) Such a little cheat. Such a little cheat. And that thing was like old. That was like my mom's from probably like the 70s. So who knows where that sucker went. I think it ended up becoming like a paperweight essentially. But um, so the movie on Netflix is called, I'm I'm pretty sure it's called Speed Cubers and it's on Netflix right now. It's a great watch. I suggest it to anyone who's interested in Rubik's Cube. Yeah, it's funny. I saw Um, it and I was like, oh, that'd be a great topic. And I like thought, I was like, Oh, if I ever need a topic there, I'll just watch this. So I'm glad (laughs) glad we didn't do it on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is just, that's what I've always been waiting for to happen. Is that we happen to have the same topic at the same time by pure chance. I've always wanted that to happen. I think that that will be our magical episode. That'll be when like we make it big. That'll be the unicorn episode. That'll be, yeah, when the planets align. (laughs) So... (laughs) Excuse me. So it's all about the WCA, so like the World Championship, and it's specifically I'm talking a lot about the championship that just happened in 2019. And in this competition, people have to solve Rubik's cubes as fast as they can, and then they're timed, and then they get like you know medals, and and they get that um, the bragging rights of being like the world champion. Do they get money or anything? I think they do. Yeah. And there's lots of regional championships and there's tons of like country championships, but this is the world. Um, And I think they go to different countries every year. So this one was in Australia um, in 2019. So they solve different size ones and I never really thought about it, but they have like different, they have different ones like the three by three by three, which is essentially like a, um, it's talking about like the the rose. I thought they were talking about the one that's shaped like a prism, but it's still shaped like a cube, but it has like three rows across. And it's like three by three by three. So like nine little squares on each side, essentially. And then that's like the original Ruby's Cube. And that's like the big competition, apparently. And then they have four by four and five by five. Yeah, I thought it was only four seven. by four. Um, well, seven by seven? Oh, God. Well, see, when you think about it, the original Rubik's Cube, it was like three across, three across, three across. Yeah. And it had oh. six sides like that. So that's like the OG cube. 
And that's like the big deal. I don't know if it's harder to solve because it's only three, but apparently there's a two by two as well. Um, I learned all kinds of things. But um, so they solve the different sizes and they compete for the world championships every two years. And um, speed cubers, as they call themselves, come to this competition from all over the globe. And in the movie, I even saw there are one-handed. They solve it with one hand, and they talk themselves. And then they compete with their feet, and they're also <laughs> they're also blindfolded. Holy shit! I'm not a hundred percent sure how one solves a Rubik's cube blindfolded, um, but. I guess you'd have to do it to know. <laughs> so the Rubik's cube, essentially for anyone who doesn't know is a 3d combination puzzle that was invented in the early seventies by a Hungarian sculptor named mm -hmm. Erno Rubik. Um, so R U B I K. So Rubik's cube just comes from his last name. Um, it was originally called the magic cube and the puzzle was licensed by Rubik to be sold by the Ideal Toy Corporation in 1980. And it is widely considered to be the world's best-selling toy. And I mean, if you think about it, like that sucker's been... D7 to D5. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa, excuse me, someone's doing something on their computer. Are you Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to play chess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, okay, first of all, you know how to play chess? Excuse me, I learned like a month ago. <laughs> well, you know, it's in the theme of what we're talking about. Chess is probably, I would say like things like checkers chess and like a Rubik's Cube, those, those things have been around forever. Well, I mean, not yeah. forever. It's been around since 1974, but they're probably <laughs> like almost like kind of like the slinky, like they're toys that like are con probably consistently sold decade after decade after decade. And they're like a constant money maker, you know, yeah. like they're the kind that will stand the test of time. Essentially. I guess because there's so many different ways to, to win and yeah. it's just so challenging. I guess. Um, so apparently it did reach the height of its mainstream popularity in the 1980s um but it's still widely known and used and speed cubers uh continue to practice it and similar puzzles and they compete like all over the world so the wca the world cube association because you know there's an association and a foundation and a federation for everything um it has been around since the 2000 since 2003 and um, the international governing, and they are the international governing body of Rubik's Cube, and they've organized these competitions, and they're the ones that kind of recognize the world records and who, you know, sets the world records and things like that. They're kind of like that governing body. Okay. So in the movie, they talk about the two top competitors, and um, they like introduce them individually. Um, so one is 24-year-old Felix Zemdegs, and he is one of the best speed cubers in the entire world. He is from Australia, and he's always a favorite to win. And he's broken multiple world records, uh, 
And at the very least, if he hasn't broken the world record, he's ranked as one of the top competitors in like every Rubik's category that I could find. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to look this up and post it. And it was just so much. I just couldn't. So he essentially, they also have like the single world record. So that's like when you solve it one time and then they have an average record too. So he, he holds them for the two by two, the three by three, the four by four, five by five, six by six, seven, oh, seven, single handed and blindfolded. So he either, <laughs> so he either has at one point held the record in them or, um, and then like someone beat him or he currently still does hold the record or he's just internationally ranked. So like, he's not the fastest, but he's like within like the top 20 of in the, the entire world for like these types of competitions. So he hasn't set every single one of those records, but he's yes. incredibly mm -hmm. good. Um, yeah. Yet is definitely like the asterisk on that one. So his parents first thought it was like a phase or a hobby. And then he said that after he first solved it, it became like addicting. I bet. And then he just kept trying to solve it faster and faster and faster. And then before long, like when he was very young, he was setting world records and he could, um, and he could solve a Rubik's cube puzzle under 10 seconds, like 10 freaking seconds. That's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, seven Mississippi, eight Mississippi, nine Mississippi, 10 Mississippi. The cube has been solved. Like, I mean, that's nuts to me. Wait, so... I have a question you might answer sure. later on, but how do they, so, cause you know, you, when you get a Rubik's cube, like you said, it's already like solved technically. So does someone for these competitions, does someone come in? Like, is there certain. Yeah, they have, they can't be set perfectly. They have to be set like essentially like that. And that was one question that I could not find the answer to. Okay. It's like, is, sure are they all set of, exactly the yeah. same way? Cause that would, to me would be fair. But yeah. at the same time, I can understand why they would want them to be random because then it makes it harder because every single yeah. time you try and solve a Rubik's cube, it's a different puzzle. Yeah. Because it's like, let's say I got it and I <clears throat> did like two different things and it's like way easier to solve. I yeah. Mean, they're not going to do it that way, but I'm sure. But they're yeah. They're definitely like scrambled up when they get them for yeah. sure. Someone, can you imagine having that job? I know. I'm curious. Because, like, yeah, it's... That's going to take a while. Some sort of method where they have to, like, really, I don't know, make sure it's really hard, I would think. Yeah, I know. And the pressure. Got to make this one good. Yeah. The champ's coming in. Look at this guy winning. We got to somebody else. Um, so he broke the world record. I think he was, like, 13 or something. He was, he was, he was young. Um, for solving the Rubik's cube puzzle. I think it was the three by three or the four by four sized one. So the world record was 7.08 seconds and he did it in 7.03 seconds. Wow. And um, then he won the world championship in 2013 and 2015. So when 2017 rolled around, everyone was like, okay, he, you know, no one's going to be able to beat this guy. He's going to win. Um, but then Max Park started coming in to play and Max Park is, is, I think I'm pretty sure he's from the U S he's 18 years old and he is the other big fan favorite and one of the best speed cubers in the world. 
and he holds the world record for the average average solving of the four by four and he solves the four by four in 21.11 seconds and he set that world record in 2019 and he used to hold the world record um uh oh wait maybe someone already broke that so there was some conflicting thing so at some point he definitely did hold the record and he broke the record for the four by four and he holds the world record for single and average for the five by five and that was solved in 34 seconds and not 34.94 seconds um and then he is the he and zemdegs uh are the only cubers to have set the five by five record since 2012 so like they are literally the only two in the world that have held this record within like a 10-year span um <clears throat> so max park and uh felix one of the best parts about the movie is that they're friends Oh, that's nice. And like one lives in the U.S. with his parents, and one lives um, in Sydney, Australia, and they're friends. And um, Max Park started getting really recognized in, in the in the community, or so they call it, um, because he was making videos with like a big timer in the background of him solving the four by four cube with one hand. And then people were like, whoa, who is this guy? How do you even do that? I don't know. And like, they, they're not allowed to like put it down either. If they put it down, even if it's by accident, then like, that's it. They're done. They're because when I think so. Because when they're solving it, they're like, they like slam it down on the table because that signifies that they're finished. So if they drop it, they're out. Like they have, like whatever they've done is, is what they count it as um they like make such a big effort like to slam that sucker down on the table or <laughs> well, they gotta, they gotta like show to say. that they're done <laughs> <laughs> so around 2015 he got the three by three record and then later that year in paris he won the world championships um and then max started to break felix's records and felix was like who is this guy you know he's like breaking all of my records that i worked hard to to set um, but then when Max won his big championship, Felix reached out to him on Facebook and was like, congratulations, Aww, good job, even good though he broke his record. Yeah. And it's really awesome because so Max is, Max Park was formally diagnosed with autism when he was very young. Oh, yes, yeah, um, in, in the preview. And he, his father said that even though he's like around 17, he uh, has the emotional uh, range of like a seven to nine year old child. So as a child, he had a lot of struggles socially right. and then developmentally. And then um, he had no fine motor skills, which is the most interesting thing about him. Like he could, wow. they, they said that he couldn't do anything with his fingers really. So they just worked really hard with him doing lots of at home therapies. And I think they probably obviously sought out specialists and things like that. Um, to help that delay and it eventually improved his fine motor skills and they happened to have a Rubik's cube in the house and he just wanted to solve it and he did and then when he solved it they looked up he he himself looked up how to solve it on YouTube and then he like almost immediately figured out and just got better and better and better and better and better and they thought well you know what let's put him in a competition just to see 
this is a learning experience for him. He can learn how to, you know, stand in line with other people, you know, being patient, being part of a competition, um, you know, learning how to, you know, if you fail and then, yeah, you know, what, what to do. do. And they said that he was so like excited the whole time. He communicated really well. He mimicked his other peers, which is a big deal um, for you, for someone with autism to like adjust their behavior based on what they're observing yeah, other people doing. <laughs> and then he like was pointing at things that excited him. And oh. that's also a uncommon trait. Um, the pointing out things like physically with your finger. Really? Um, and I didn't know that, but this is all according to his parents. So they were like, wow, this is like great. And, and even though his parents were worried about him facing failure due to his, you know, like how he would handle that due to his emotional development, um, they, they kept putting him in competitions. And now obviously he's a, he's a world record setter. Um, and it was just so cute that their relationship, how they were just so kind to one another. And like a big part of the movie is about their friendship and how they met at the 2013 world championships and um felix the older australian competitor was the very first person that max ever asked to take a picture with he was the first person that he asked to take a a sign can i have your autograph kind of thing and then like they've kept up their friendship throughout the whole entire time that they've known each other and like max really looks up to felix and it was really really interesting and like solving a rubik's cube has become such a driving force in this, in this. You just never know. He's not a child anymore, but when he was a kid, it like really helped him. You yeah, know, and, and like his emotionally, he's still kind of. Yeah, but I mean, it shows at the end he didn't he didn't get first place in the in the movie. Spoiler alert! Sorry, I should have said that before. But he handled it. It like showed his progression of how he handled the failure between like a year before and then that, that movie. And then he said to his mom, he's like, I didn't cry. Like I was able to, you know, do it. So it, it playing and then solving the Rubik's cube was like a huge thing for him. And it's interesting how something so small can like, and something that people pass up can be like such a groundbreaking thing for somebody else. So I tried to figure out how do you solve the cube and essentially it's a set of algorithms and that's how you learn how that's how you solve it. And then you build it up layer by layer in order to solve the cube and uh, people who are really, really good at solving it and people who are good at solving it quickly, they apparently are very quick at learning pattern recognitions and then they are able to memorize things well, and they can successfully memorize upwards of 300 or more algorithms. Holy shit. I'm out. <laughs> You're done. Yes. There is no cubing for you in your future. You can juggle, but cubing is probably not for you. <laughs> Thanks for your... Uh... But honestly, cubing's not for me either. I can't imagine doing 300 things. Although... That's, that's to solve it? Yeah. Things. Although you're, you were really good at learning French. So you have a lot of memorization in there. Isn't that somewhat? <laughs> <laughs> although, I don't know. Although with the Rubik's cube, you have to think ahead a lot and like problem solve, I guess. Yeah. I could see if this was something that you really wanted to do, I could totally see you there. Like, like a freak. Like, hey, I mean, quarantine <laughs> is like the best time. To learn a new hobby. Absolutely. Especially well, yeah, one indoors. Rubik's cube. 
that will be your birthday gift next year. Oh, well, we can hold 364 days. We can both give each other Rubik's cubes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I don't have mine anymore. But I guarantee I'll never undo it because I'll just be so scared. Or you'll just take off the stickers. (laughs) Well, I've learned from that because see, when I did that, like you, I realized like, you know, there's only so many times you can do that before they're not sticky anymore. Yeah. So it's just kind of <laughs> like, you're not fooling anybody, you know, and then the sticker is gone forever. And then there is no solving because it's just like the black plastic that's underneath of the. Yeah. Then you're just like, <laughs> everything's black. I know. But that was essentially mine. And uh, that was it. How do you solve a Rubik's Cube? I would, uh, Love to learn one day, as long as it's not hard. <laughs> I think it will be, but we can. That's my we limit. Can, we can do That's it. My, that's my limit. Um, hey, maybe my goal should be I could solve one row or like one yeah. side. Yeah, they I say if you myself. solve one side, then like you're on a roll from there. I think yeah. is what they say. But yeah, that's well, it. So be sure to find us on Facebook at This Is mm-hmm. the Part I Don't Get. And Instagram at this is the part I don't get and email us at the part I don't get at gmail.com. We will see you in two weeks. All right. Bye. This is the part I don't get. <laughs> <laughs>